Hi, writers. I am here with Trish today, a former course student. I'm so excited to learn what she has been up to and learn about her success as a freelance writer. So let's hop right into it. Trish, welcome and thank you so much. Hey, thanks so much for having me. This is really exciting. Awesome. Tell me a little bit about the freelance work you do. Give students an idea of kind of what path you pursued and what you're up to. Sure. So I use my kind of my historical career background with my writing. I'm a nurse. And so I've entered the freelance writing space as writing content for the medical space within freelance. I have an interest in copywriting, which I think will kind of come naturally as I expand my service menu. But content for now seems to be my comfortable space with my clients with liking to to storytell. And, you know, freelance was just kind of dropped into my lap and I started to kind of see it out there. I see it as an opportunity during my last program for my nursing degree. It, that was a re, like a writing and research program. And so, you know, within the last five, 10 years, I've kind of recognized how much I like to write. So on the side for me, I, I work a nine to five as a nurse at this point, but on the side for me, it kind of gives me a really great option for just my creativity as a creative outlet. So, you know, it's an opportunity maybe to adjust to my full-time income at some point in the future. But for now, this is, this is something I give my attention to after my taking care of my kids and working my full-time job. So it's nice that it can be as flexible as it is. Awesome. And so to clarify, you didn't have a writing background before you pursued freelance writing. No degree in ba- in or background formally or professionally in writing, just a pure interest. Mm-hmm. And what would you say to somebody who has those doubts saying like, well, I don't have this writing background, so this isn't really realistic for me, or they don't have the confidence because they just haven't done it professionally or haven't done it for money Sure. You know, I think as a freelancer, especially as a nurse in the freelance world, clients are more interested in my expertise as a nurse. Freelancers that they could hire with a writing background don't have 23 years of nursing experience when they want somebody to write for the medical space. So having editors and content creators in place that help guide you towards what they want and what they're looking for, that's, that's your backup. You don't have to be the most well-versed in, in being a quote-unquote writer jumping into this. They want your expertise, your historical background, I think. Yeah, I really try to drive that home in my content is that your prior experience is more valuable, like what you understand about people and what you understand about the subject that you're writing about actually comes more into play and is more valuable than just basic writing skills. And I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions and obstacles. So it's so good to hear you say that because you clearly did not let that stop you. And my background's the same. I was not a professional writer, although I did have an English degree I think my English degree might have actually held me back a little bit because (laughs) (laughs) the writing I do now is not the academic stiff writing Mm -hmm. that I was forced to do in school. So sure. Yep. Yep. Same here. How would you describe where you were and just freelancing in general before you enrolled in the course? Give students an idea of kind of the before so you were honestly my first experience. I was absolutely clueless. I think, you know, your overview and perspective just kind of gave me the insight that I needed to get started. It was truly just the nicest 
high level overview of kind of how this works and just kind of how to find the confidence in the process and just that comfort level in jumping in and getting started. I think a lot of people, especially, I mean, I can use myself as an example, nurses don't do anything without knowing exactly what the process is. I mean, you're not going to walk into a patient room and put an IV in someone if you've never done it before and you've never done your research and you've never practiced. So, you know, for for a lot of people, that comfort zone just isn't there because you're like, there's so many things I don't know. There's so many things I don't know. I don't even know where to get started. I wouldn't know even how to look into this, you know, so just the confidence level and the fact that it's not just one thing, you know, every client's going to be a little bit different. Everybody's going to want something different from you. You know, I've listened, I've just eaten up all of the content I could literally find in yours being quite a bit of that, especially early on about just relaxing into the process and making connections and seeing what people need and seeing if it's a good fit and adjusting as needed. So, you know, it's not, you know, it's hard for people to step outside of their comfort zone and making those first connections with clients and getting on calls and touching base about what they need. But honestly, you know, through some of the content that I've, I've absorbed another nurse actually podcast, you know, a topic about, you know, just bringing in an, an editor from the outside and had asked her, what is, what's most important for you? And, and that person was just like, I, I love people who are easy to work with. They don't have to be the smartest. They don't have to be the most experienced, but people who are kind and, and easy to work with and absorb, you know, what the needs are, you know, and the pain points of the client truly listen, that's, that's the connection. And that's where you're going to find that success, I think. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that because, and that's why I'm doing kind of a, a confident client call session in the course on the 15th, this exact misconception, I think that a writer is going to need to get on a call and like sell themselves and say, this is why I'm so great. And really our job is to sit there and listen. And like you said, anticipate what they need, be curious versus thinking you need to present something to someone. Mm -hmm. And that just takes so much more pressure off the call, because if you are meeting with a client for the first time, thinking you need to know everything and have everything, you know, figured out and understand their business entirely and say all the right things. It's not realistic. It's not possible. You're more going in there as a consultant and saying, what do you need? And let's see if we're the right fit versus let sell myself to you. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's honestly, that's such a great point that you bring up because for example, you know, if I'm training someone in my current job, or even in the last 20 years of my nursing experience, you bring somebody new into the mix, you don't have to have all the answers ever. And it's almost worse if that's kind of how you come across, you know, and so there's absolutely nothing wrong with taking a humble moment and just saying, I'm not quite too sure, but I'll find out for you. And we can figure this out together. That I think brings more respect and more of a comfortable connection between anyone, whether it's a client or a patient of mine or, you know, working with a doctor or, you know, in in my different experiences that I've applied this to, people don't really want you to come across like you know it all. It's not possible. And everyone knows that. Yes. Especially if you're a business owner that, you know, you have an objective in your mind of what you want done. You are kind of 
going into this understanding, you're going to have to teach somebody about your company, your product, you know, so it's, it's the, the client is actually going into it saying, is she going to be able to learn? I, I don't expect her to know what I want at this right. until I yep. tell her. How well is this person able to be guided? Yeah, for sure. What were your biggest learning moments or takeaway from the course? Was there anything that might've stood out to you? I know you said this might've been your first course. Yeah. Uh, yep. So I don't yep. know. If so comparison, but it <laughs> learning how to optimize my LinkedIn profile was absolutely 100% like the most invaluable thing and how to monitor the kind of the looks that you get after that and having your feedback come through, having the group's feedback come through, comparing our profiles, looking at websites, you know, extending beyond LinkedIn, but honestly, just finding that comfort level with using that platform and optimizing my profile. I, I have set, you know, you know, I have it looking for jobs for me. I have people coming to me without me reaching out, I can cold pitch comfortably at this point. I know how to find people within companies that would make sense to connect with. So 100% just optimizing that LinkedIn piece. I just think that gives you a lot of general confidence, you know, to kind of move forward. And the perspective that comes from like your additional content on the side outside of you know, the courses like your podcast and your blogs and articles and the website and things like that are such good backup resources to joining the course and having things to be able to look back on. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I like what you said about being able to see who viewed your profile. So for anyone who's listening that isn't on LinkedIn yet, once you set up your profile, you can see who looks at your profile and how many search results you're showing up in. So you kind of get to stress test whether your profile is optimized and if it's effective and if you're showing up in search results, because relevant people should be viewing your profile. And I think, Trish, I remember in the course, somebody had reached out to you like pretty early on after you updated your profile, which is really key too, because it's not just about sending 1 million cold pitches, although I want everybody to get their numbers up and be consistent and put those reps in. Once your profile is sitting there, people are reaching out, you know, clients are reaching out to you, which mm-hmm. is what everyone wants as a right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's the fantastic piece of it is it's not just a one-way street at that point then. I mean, that's, you know, we'll, we'll use LinkedIn to be, you know, vetting clients and they're using LinkedIn to that they're freelancers. So it's kind of a two-way street. Yes. And sending direct messages on there is actually appropriate versus like other social platforms because (laughs) business use, they're on there looking for you and vice versa. So what would you say to a freelancer who is thinking of joining 30 days to paid, but they're on the fence? You know, honestly, and that was me for a, a little while, but that was not anything that had to do with you. That was me deciding where to jump in and what made the most sense and was the most relevant to me getting started. I honestly think after doing that, I mean, the cost versus benefit outcome of that. I mean, it was just, there's no reason, honestly, not to take the course. I think if you're looking for 
entry-level perspective on this and confidence. I mean, I know I just keep saying that word, but truly like my comfort level just skyrocketed through the roof once I heard, especially a lot of your experience and where you started and how you applied all of this. And then, you know, fine tuning that and honing it and tweaking it. Everybody has that opportunity. So, you know, it was the first step for me in kind of putting myself out there. You know, like I said, my LinkedIn profile is just getting tons of looks, whether or not I choose to engage and and move forward with wherever I'm at in my life, that's up to me, but it's working. You know, it's honestly working. So I'm just kind of now able to pursue those opportunities at my own pace and know that things for me are just kind of organized and ready to go. That's awesome. Yeah. And I like that you are working full-time and pursuing freelancing on the side, because that's going to be a lot of people's situation. My story was a little bit different where Mm -hmm. I would and kind of under the gun. So I just like went crazy with cold pitching, got my clients and started doing this full time, but it's really nice to be able to dial it up and down. I actually wound up taking a full-time in-house role as a writer. I think last October it didn't work out and was like not a good situation. So I quickly left and then went (laughs) back to freelancing. So there's so much like this, even though the, the, framework I prescribe is like, you know, start pitching and land a client within 30 days and, you know, Mm -hmm. start a full-time freelance writing career. That's, it's not going to be the straight line trajectory. Everybody's a different place, whether you're working full-time and want to supplement your income, you want to stay home with your kids. Like everyone has such a different Mm -hmm. story, but freelancing actually like molds to what your situation is, which is correct. Yeah. Yep. And that was a big point I'd wanted to make, you know, for everyone too, is just that, I think depending on where you are in your life and you're just like, I can't, I can't take on one more thing, especially something that's so complex. It's truly only as complex as you make it. I mean, I'm, if there's anyone that probably didn't have a lot of time to do this, I am a single mom and two kids that do everything. And so I fashion my work around the season of the year and the season of my life and the sports seasons of my kids. And so it's, it is what you make it and you can turn it up, turn it down. Like I said, you know, and you know, some one-off jobs, some anchor client, depending just on what your needs are in the moment, it's truly, you're really honestly just in charge. So I think that's a fantastic piece about it. And I'm just curious, do you plan on ever just going full-time and transitioning out of your full-time role or do you see yourself kind of balancing both? I, you know, my kids have a a couple more years left in school. You know, of course you think about everything like, gosh, what would that do to my insurance? And what would that do to my benefits? And I have two other people that depend on me. There's ways to do that. That's not a, a stopping point. It's not a tipping point. It just is a big consideration. So, you know, honestly, I, I would see myself making an adjustment like that as much as I could, you know, and if in a couple of years, you know, have some experience under my belt, make a bigger push when I had a little bit more time and, you know, I've made a few more contacts. I mean, the, the freelance world, depending on your background and what you choose to kind of maybe specialize in, if, if that's your choice is so supportive. And, you know, I think I've heard so many, so many coaches and course creators say the same thing. These people that are also freelancers are not your competition. There's literally enough work for everyone. So 
Um, I mean, even nurses, I mean, I'm in a huge group of supportive freelance nurses at this point who all have different backgrounds and specialties. And, and there are people who have made an adjustment to getting out of the medical field, at least at the bedside and moving to freelancing 100% as a nurse. So it's an option. It's definitely an option. And I know that's there and that feels really good. Yeah, that's awesome. And I can't hone that there. I can't focus in enough on that point about there being enough work for everyone because <laughs> so many people are thinking that copywriting is a saturated field and they're wondering, should I even bother? And I would actually take it so far as to say there's too much work and not yeah. writers. Like yeah, the internet is not exhaustive. <laughs> yeah, there's so many new businesses and like you know, you're somebody who has a niche and a specialty. A lot of writers are even afraid to narrow down their options to mm-hmm. a specialty in a field. And I think that that has just worked really well for you and all the other nurse writers mm-hmm. is choosing this specialty. Yeah. And, you know, that does take me back to a point that I know you've talked about a lot in the past too. And especially if there is a specialty involved is truly to just give yourself the grace to know that you don't have to I don't want to say lower yourself, but to look for low paying work, people that have a specialty truly are, they're an investment that a client needs and wants to make. And that's their expectation. So, you know, looking on the sites for, you know, words per pennies, basically, and and moving forward with those types of jobs, just because maybe it's easier once you kind of have a little bit more information in your back pocket on how to give yourself the, the luxury of knowing that you're worth a higher paying client and a higher paying job. I mean, that's, there's no reason any, anybody should start, you know, feeling like they have to pull in that type of work. Yeah. There's, there's, high paying stuff for everyone who just kind of makes that effort, I think. Yeah. It's almost like, even if it takes a little bit longer, if it seems a little bit more difficult, hold for the higher goal so you don't burn yourself out and get discouraged. Yeah. Yep. I was just going to say the burnout that comes from just trying to do enough of that type of work to make the money you want to see, it's going to stop you in your tracks and it's going to turn you off really to the best part of freelancing, I think. Totally. Oh my gosh. Well, it's been amazing to learn about your perspective and your experience. Any, anything you would want to add or. You know, truly, I think just one last thing is joining the course and having the support of the people who are going through things at the same time as you and having the accessibility to the course creator themselves with this information who gives you personalized feedback and times to meet. And I mean, that accessibility was just, you know, another invaluable piece, I think of that opportunity. So that, that probably clinched it for me is knowing that it's just not like a stand back and do your course on your own time without the interaction, but the interactive piece, I think was just fantastic. So I was really happy for that part. Oh, that's so good to hear. I have to to make sure I mention that in my marketing. I provide support. You won't do it. You're not by yourself. Well, Trish, it's been amazing speaking to you and catching up. I look forward to seeing you in the Slack group and hopefully on the calls. And thank you so much. Thank you. It's been fantastic. I appreciate the opportunity.